Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and today we have three, count them, three special guests. Let's get started. A few years ago, I came across a Christmas website called MyMerryChristmas.com. And I immediately fell in love with the community and with their desire to have a place for Christmas fanatics to gather from all over the world all year round. And it's a wonderful, positive community of Christmas fans. And so in today's episode, I'm going to talk to three people from MyMerryChristmas.com that I that I met through the website. Now, I could talk to the big head honcho, to the to the chief elf of My Merry Christmas, but We'll save that for a podcast for a later day. I wanted to talk to some of the creative people that form this community. I'll be talking to Bill from thevillagecollector.com, and you might see him on the My Merry Christmas forums as The Village Collector. I love Christmas villages. Bill is all about collecting and displaying your village. He posts pictures of his followers and uh, different pictures of people's Christmas villages, And so we'll be talking about that and a lot of other things, I'm sure. So let's get to the interview. I am with Bill from The Village Collector, and I got to meet him online at the uh, MyMerryChristmas.com forums. And I love Christmas villages. And so this was... Uh, when I saw his posting of, of pictures of Christmas villages and on the forum, I I was pretty excited. Bill, welcome to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Thank you, Art. It's a pleasure to be here. So have you been uh, collecting Christmas villages for a while, or is this a new hobby of yours? No, um, I've been doing it for, uh, well, since uh, the early 90s. So it's, it's been a while. Um, obviously, things grow and and whatever, when you're doing collecting, they're getting on in age a bit now, and it's getting a little harder to set up villages and stuff. And uh, when I turned to uh, online to try and find some more information, I found uh, lacking quite a bit. So my wife and I just decided to set a website. And that's where my village passion, I guess, is uh, being quenched now is with the, the website. Uh, so it's it's been quite a while, though. Yeah. And uh, the website is uh, thevillagecollector.com. That's correct. And it's a it's a beautiful website. You've got pictures. You've got uh, looks like music is on there. Some videos, all kinds of things. Yeah, everything on there. It's all free. It's uh, family friendly. It's safe for the kids uh, and everything. There's there's even a page for the kids to have some fun on and stuff. It's all villaging. Oh, great. Yeah, I was I was showing my my daughter a little bit of your website the other day, uh, and and she she loves she loves to see those the villages. All of our kids do. Uh-huh. I have a few pieces myself, and I, I shared a picture with you of the one I, I had hand-painted, uh, and then I inherited some from my, my grandparents. Cool. Yeah, I I can remember when I was young and at their house, I remember seeing them, um, but they don't have a special, like, I don't have a special attachment to them other than they're from my grandparents, and yeah, but the family attachment—that's that's really cool. That's that's the heart of Christmas, right there. That's you know? right. Yeah, yeah. And and so when I see them now, it's it's you know I think it's pretty. But then I remember my grandma and grandpa, and so I don't have necessarily any attachment to um, 
you know, you know, to these particular pieces, but uh, just the memories of the people behind them. As they like to say on uh, on the forums, uh, that's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, your website has all kinds of uh, great things. I was I saw there were some uh, videos uh, to to like help folks with tips and tricks and decorating. Or yeah, we we have a um, a separate page for the uh, tips and tricks, which uh, gives you a, a few ideas, but. The most popular page we have on the on the website is the village videos. We highlight some uh, videos that we find every week. They're up only for a week, but we're in the process now of sorting through them for our second uh, Hall of Fame induction uh, for the video. So as the season winds down, we'll start putting them up on the, the website, the, the selections, and then the viewers of the website do the voting on the, on the final vote to who was there. But the, the videos are, without doubt, the most popular section of, of the website. Yeah. You know, for a podcast, we're, we're all audio, so it's hard to show <laughs> our listeners what these things look like. Um, but videos are the way to go, definitely. Well, I invite the people to come to the website and they can see them there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I, I could spend all my time looking at those. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like to go to, you know, to the store like Walmart or um, some of the bigger stores that sell those and they have displays set up and I, I won't even buy any. I'll just look at them for, for ages because I mean, they do a great job setting up the, the displays of the, of the villages. They do. They, uh, they really do. Um I'm a little spoiled though, because uh, back what I call people laugh at me. I call it the, the golden age of villaging is, is my <laughs> my pet term. But back in the '90s, there were literally hundreds of stores that were selling the Department 56 villages, and they would have immense setups in the store. It was just so so great to just go from store to store to store, just looking at the at the displays that they had, there was tons of them and it was great. I, I live in Iowa and we have a, a, a pretty huge uh, state fair. Uh, and every year at the state fair, they have a, a building that has this gigantic train uh, train setup, you know, model train railroad. I can remember taking my kids there and, you know, the, the, my boys, when they were real little, loved trains and they loved to watch the train going around and around. Uh, and they had, they'd have all the buildings and everything. So then uh, as I got older and I started setting up a Christmas village, I mean, they wanted a train to go around that thing too. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think I've ever gotten that far yet with a, setting up a train. You said you were from Iowa. I, yes. I wasn't aware of that. Um we, you probably checked out the site a couple of days ago. It was a visitor from Iowa that was our 100,000th unique visitor. Oh, cool. And it's possible that it was you. I, I, I don't know for a fact because we don't get that information, but I just know it was from Iowa. And as a result, on Monday, I do a column called The Weekly. And in The Weekly, there's different segments. And we're going to do a whole piece on Iowa to tribute to the 100 visit thousand video and that could have been you <laughs> wow uh let's just say it was uh, that okay, makes sounds that makes good to me good, <laughs> that makes for good podcasting <laughs> yeah definitely well um yeah i mean i i, I was uh, on there a couple of days ago and i i've been on off and on for a few times just to to check it out and um, look at what you have there. So, so uh, how did you eventually, or how did you come to start collecting villages? Uh, and you said you started in the nineties or so. 
Yeah, back in uh, 92, um, my wife and I built a, well, I guess the term today is a forever home. We spent a couple of years and built a, a house, which was our dream home. And it was the first time either of us had had lived in a house, not an apartment. So it was very, very special. And we had always seen Christmas villages and, and we wanted to 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 uh, do that for our first Christmas. Um, we went out shopping, got a couple of houses, and then uh, I guess uh, they call it the, the, the porcelain addiction, uh, something about it. Once you get your first house, then it's the next house, and then the next one, and it yep. goes from there. So that's how we get started, just trying to do a Christmas decoration, and we just fell in love with them. <laughs> I, I get that. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you, you get something, then you think, you know what would really go well with this house is is like a barn, and then well, how about a how about a shop and a, a blacksmith and a bakery, and then suddenly you have your whole uh, you have a village. <laughs> I always said, if you buy one item, you got a decoration. If you buy two, you got bookends. If you buy three, you got a collection. <laughs> That's right. Now, um, my wife's mother, at least she had a a rather extensive uh, village collection. I mean, it would take her maybe. A whole day or two to get everything set up yeah and uh they've they've retired now and i i think she probably got rid of a lot of that um but she would find them i don't think she hardly ever bought any brand new she would find them at the uh, thrift store yard sales and yeah. then once when she started collecting people heard she was collecting so they're saying yeah i've got a ton of those i don't want you want them and yeah. she'd get a bunch free, that kind of thing. So yeah, secondary market has been very popular for a lot of years. And now with eBay, it's uh, a lot of, a lot more people are, are going on to eBay. It uh, takes kind of the fun out of the collecting for me. <laughs> I used to like to go around and, and see what I could find here or there with the retired pieces or whatever. Now it's just click and wait for the truck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, in this day and age, that might be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I, I like to get the kind that you have to paint. Yeah. I don't find a lot of them out in my area. I mean, I live in a rural community, so any any major store we have to go to Omaha. Uh, you know, it's an it's an hour hour away. Uh, so I went on eBay and found a couple of, uh, and, and th that's kind of where I've been finding mm -hmm. the buildings to paint. And I know uh, one year for Christmas a few years ago, I got a, I got several paintable village pieces. Yeah, the stuff of Michael seems to sell out pretty quickly. They yeah. don't buy that deep, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she must hit it at just the right time, and she she gobbled up a bunch for me. So that was great. And uh, I've seen on the uh, on the forum, uh, the My Merry Christmas forum, that uh, there were some pictures from people who had bought a already colored house, but then repainted it to fit what they wanted. They just painted over the paint. And those look pretty good too. I have not tried that yet. I haven't haven't dared to uh, try and <laughs> get that, that good. But um, but yeah, that they're uh, it's fun when you can personalize something like that. And yeah. The the picture you you sent me was uh, really good. In fact, that's on the uh, the village photos page now. Uh, you're thinking I'm looking forward to more pictures as Christmas gets closer too. But uh, it really it looks like fun. It really does. Somebody had asked me or if I had painted it white first and then painted over it. And I did on one of them, but I don't know if it was the kind of paint I was using or what. There was a lot of uh, bleed through of the white into the other color for whatever reason. So um, mostly I just put the color right on, on the white porcelain and I don't, yeah. 
you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not a professional in any, any stretch, but uh, that seemed to work and it, and it gave me the desired results. So. <laughs> yeah. Personalization is, it gives a special meaning to everything. And I, I just think that's really great. I really do. So what would you tell someone who said, I am interested in collecting Christmas village pieces? Where do I start? Well, uh, the easiest place to start, is just go to whatever your closest store is and look around. It's got to the point now where there's literally dozens of different brands. Some are more detailed than others. Um, I, I won't push this particular brand or whatever here. I mean, there's tons of them out there, but any of the major stores now have, it's so common, it's become more of a commodity now. Everybody's got, the, you know, from the home supply stores to the gift stores to the whatever. I mean, wherever your, your nearest stores are. Um, or online, obviously. Um, but basically, it's just find what you like. Uh, try and narrow down after you see a few, whether you want to do like a North Pole setup, uh, if you like the Santa Claus and the Christmas and stuff like that. Or my preference is the Dickens era. I, I love the Dickens villages, so I kind of tend towards that. But there's so many different themes that you can start with a the theme and then just add however you want. I mean, you don't have to stick to that theme. But it's just, if you're only going to buy a couple of buildings, it's good to find uh, what's out there and, and uh, get what you like and, and start from there. Yeah, one of our problems is is space. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and, and I've seen some very creative ways of displaying yeah, everything absolutely. from uh, a, a bookcase to um, some kind of a shelving unit. They had it, uh, and you've probably seen several like this. It looks like a Christmas tree almost. It's It's just rounded yeah. shelves and yeah. stacked on top of each other. So the misconception is, and there's so many photos out there of these giant villages where people have been collecting forever. The misconception is you have to have a big village. That's not true. You can have just a couple of buildings, one or two buildings is all you need and put it on a shelf or put it on a, in a bookcase or, or where a table or whatever, and use it for a centerpiece on your dining table. I mean, that's all it takes to get started and, and have a good thing. Also, if space is tight, uh, like a small apartment or something, they have a lot of Christmas ornaments now that are the houses. And you can make one <clears throat> village out of ornaments, just a little tiny uh, houses. So that doesn't take any space at all. So you, you just adapt for what you have and uh, and work from there. And if nothing else, just just tune into some place and watch watch them on the on the videos or or put up a picture if nothing else, you know, but you can village very easily, no matter how much space you have, you don't need a monstrous, monstrous space to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we've kind of found that out <laughs> uh, the last couple of years. We, I had been, had a few extra pieces, you know, I got some from my grandparents and that, and then yeah. I'm just like, well, we don't have room for all these things. And um, there, there are a couple of the building pieces that for, you know, for whatever reason, they mean a lot to me. Uh, like there's the sure. one, the first one I painted, you know, that has just some sentimental sure. yeah. value, but yeah. So then we started realizing, like you said, um, well, we'll put, we can put three or four up on the piano, you know, we can put a couple over here and just kind of scatter them out. Yeah. Um, that's becoming actually the most popular way to do it. Now people uh, with big collection and collecting for so long, they just have too many to put out unless they build another wing on the house. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But they, yeah. Um, 
you don't have to put everything up every year. You pick a few out of your collection and, and put them up. And then, then next year you might pick a few different ones or whatever, but uh, you don't have to put everything up to still be a collector. I, I liked your idea of putting them on a, on a bookcase or using them as a bookend because I got a lot of books. So uh, I, I'm just now picturing my bookshelves with little houses tucked in between. There you go. <laughs> That's going to look nice. Um, as soon as I can unbury them from the basement. <laughs> <laughs> storage can be a problem for people, whether the, the boxes out don't outlast the, the porcelain <laughs> or uh, a lot of, a lot of the boxes, you know, the ones I inherited, the boxes were just in tatters uh, right. so I had to get creative with storage. Um, do you have any, any good tips or, or hints for us? Uh, first of all, if you're, if uh, anyone wants to get into collecting and they think seriously about it, um, boxes are very important. Uh, a box can add a tremendous amount of value to what your piece is. Um, if you don't care about the value or something like that, then it's not important at all. But a piece uh, with a good box will always bring a lot more money if you're trying to sell it on eBay or, or whatever. Um, but outside of that, as far as just storing it, a lot of people are getting those uh, big tubs now. The, um, the, the, like, uh, I don't know, they're rubbery plastic tubs with the step and they, and they put them in that, then you can put them just about anywhere. You know, you can uh, get the size you appropriate you need or, or two of them or, or whatever you need. Um, we have a large closet that uh, we just keep everything in. We, we call it the Christmas closet. Everything, <laughs> everything in there is, is for, for Christmas. Uh, but that's, uh, it's wherever you can fit it. Uh, but if you're going to leave them in like an attic or out in a garage, I would really recommend putting it into some kind of container first to protect them. Those containers you're talking about there, uh, I think Rubbermaid is the company or something like that's that. One of them, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they're big guys and, and they're pretty sturdy and you can get a lot of things in there. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have all of our uh, Christmas stuff like that in um, packed away in those things. So yeah, the important thing is just to protect them the best you can. That's, yeah. And you do what you can. I mean, you yeah. know, it is what it is. <laughs> That's right. Well, the last couple of years we've had some trouble with our basement flooding. So it, fortunately a lot of our Christmas stuff were in those plastic containers. So it saved us a lot of, a lot of trouble. <laughs> wow. So that held up for you in, in the, with the flooded basement. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't have, um, you know, very deep water. I think, right. I think it was last year. We probably had a uh, maybe an inch or two in the, in the basement, which was a lot for us. Um, some people have their basements completely filled. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty so, bad. with uh, boxes <laughs> really, really paid for themselves for you. Yeah. Yeah. I kept our stuff kept our stuff dry. <laughs> uh, well, I also, I also like to talk about um, just Christmas in general and sure. um, folks love for Christmas. And I'm going to assume you have a, a, a deep love for, for the holiday. I do. And yeah, I, I really do. Um, I've been very fortunate since I was a little, little kid that Christmas was always big in our household every year. If you grow up with that, it's contagious and, and, and you, you stay with it. And um, we've, we've had, in fact, I, I mentioned that when we started, we designed the, the house that and built the house that we're in now. Um, we designed high ceiling and extra outlets by the big front window so that we could put the tree there. I mean, that's, that's uh, <laughs> how much we got into it. We designed to, to do that. So that, nice. that, that, was, that was fun. Uh, yeah. I love Christmas. No question about it. The, the website 
mymerrychristmas.com. You know, most people you find there are year-round Christmas lovers. <laughs> that's what caught my attention. Yeah, that's why I just joined them this year, and uh, I'm real happy with that finding that site. There, it's a great site. It, it is. It really is. Um, I've I've been I joined a couple of years ago, um, and ironically. I'm probably on there more during, at least in the past, I've been on there more this year, but um, more during the summer than during actual Christmas time. I think actually my first year from about November through January, I wasn't on there at all, (laughs) which is really strange. Uh, But it was about, it was probably summer when I found it and I just needed someone to talk to about Christmas and nobody I know wants to talk about Christmas in August or whatever, you know? (laughs) I think yeah. I thought not even talking about Christmas, Christmas villages. You know, nobody yeah. wanted to do it this summer, you know. But yeah. fortunately, they do now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and and so I mean, there you can find uh, people happy to talk about Christmas any time of the year, and and then that kind of led me on to finding other uh, Christmas fans, and uh, then into Christmas podcasts, and now I'm started my own podcast and. Yeah, congratulations on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Who knows where this is all going to lead next? So, <laughs> uh, do you have uh, do you have any, uh, like a, any special Christmas memories or traditions that you and your family like to do? When we when I was smaller, which is a long time ago now, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I grew up on the north shore of uh, Massachusetts, about uh, I don't know forty five minutes north of Boston. And um, for for Christmas, uh, sometimes Christmas Day, sometimes the day before or after, we would go into Boston, um, like an annual trek, and and look at all the stores. We used to have all the big the big department stores had windows with the moving uh, features, uh, um, kind of like you see on the Christmas Story, where kids looking at that was the period that that was there. And we'd always go into a big movie or something too. It was a big special treat for us kids to to take that trip into Boston for the uh, for Christmas. So that that's the first thing that that sticks in my mind. Yeah, I I can remember uh, when I was a kid and, and getting to go to my grandma and grandpa's house. They we lived in Illinois. They lived in Florissant, Missouri, uh, which is a suburb of St. Louis now. It was always exciting to finally get to get up and to go. You know, we we my dad would be on vacation, so we would uh, hop in the car and it take five hours to drive, and and you finally you see the arch in the distance, you know. And then you cross the bridge, and then you were really getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they uh, they made Christmas very special for us. Uh, you know, this ho- homemade food and um, great presents and. You know, and I honestly can't remember now any present in specific. Uh, it was just the experiences we had with them that were really special. I just thought of a funny little story, if I may. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, we we're very heavily into Christmas. And uh, you got to think back. This was in the 50s now, 1950s. And um, my dad was a... Um, you could fix anything, do anything, one of, one of the jack-of-all-trades type of thing. And there were no iPods or pads or anything back then. The stereo set was this giant console that sat in the living room. And my father worked out um, a way to make an external speaker outside the house so he could play Christmas carols outside the house. 
And being the typical uh, guy that he was, that he, he whatever was handy is what he used. So for the cable and make a plug to plug in the external speaker, um, he used an extension cord. He just cut off one end of the extension cord and the other end had a, a double plug on it that he could match with a plug that he put on the stereo and wired the stereo to that. So he just plugged in that cord into that and you could hear the, the Christmas music outside the house. It was, it was really neat. And one day my mother decided she was gonna have Christmas music playing when my father came home from work. So she looked at the plug and plugged it in the wall and the speaker went, that was the end of the Christmas music. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, just another, oh man! Another time at Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she she blew those out, huh? <laughs> That's great. Um, probably violated all kinds of OSHA regulations, there, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or whoever is in control of that stuff. But that's that's neat. That, that sounds like something my dad would have done or, yeah. <laughs> or my, my brother would try to do still, I think. <laughs> they like to tinker. <laughs> um, great. Uh, so how long does it take you to, to put up your collection of villages? Well, I, I used to spend uh, two, three days um, to put it up because uh, I, I was more finicky than, than most. Um, not as good as most, but uh, I, I was more interested in what I wanted to see than, than what was anything else. But anyway, it just, it would take a lot, but it hasn't been for, for a few years now I've, with uh, age and health problems. Now it just takes me a, a few hours to put up a few buildings here or there, or, you know, we got to, now instead of having a, a, an 11 foot Christmas tree in the living room, we now have like a four foot tree over in the corner and a couple of buildings underneath it and stuff like that. Um, life goes on, you know, you do what you do and you celebrate how you can. So it's not long at all now. Yeah. It, it it's kind of like, there's really no right or wrong way to celebrate. Uh, you Isn't know, you the beauty of it. <laughs> yep. Yep. You do what you, you can and you uh, do what makes you happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, when I, I would get, buildings, I, I learned quickly, I need to find the ones I actually like and not just, oh, there's one, I'll buy it. <laughs> or I'll get it. Yeah, that gets old <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even like this building or, or it doesn't even, you know, and so I, I like to have buildings that have some kind of um, trigger for a memory for me or something. Sure. Uh, like I have one, I found it's one you, you, I painted, but it's called, it's a clock store. And it's called Cobb's Clock or Cobb's Clocks. And Cobb is my wife's maiden name. And oh, I thought that cool. was really neat. So I thought, oh, oh I yeah. got to get that. Yeah. Sure. I uh, got a couple of pieces that mean something to our family history and that kind of thing. And it's the same with our Christmas tree. Our ornaments are, I mean, our tree is not a themed tree at all. It's just a collection of things we've picked up on vacation. Yeah. You know, my wife likes to get um, wherever we go on vacation, usually there's a gift shop and, and then they're selling Christmas ornaments somewhere, I'm sure. And so we'll have some from some of the vacations we've taken. And so then it's like your tree becomes almost like a family scrapbook, you know, that's. Isn't that great? Uh, yeah. That is, that is, that is awesome. Um, before I retired, we used to take a few vacations here and there. And uh, as typical, uh, most people want to bring back a souvenir. 
we usually found a shop somewhere and brought back a building and that added to the, to the village. That was our memory of the vacation. Well, we got this here, we got that there and that type of thing. So when you can put a personal story with it, it just adds that much more to it. It's just uh, special. Nostalgia is a very powerful thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of movies I'll watch that are really not the best or <laughs> great movies, but it's just because I have such uh, good memories of when I first saw it or something. And it just brings all that back. You'll find that the older you get, the more that has meaning too. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, I, I just, uh, I turned 42 this year uh, and my oldest son is getting ready for college. He's, he's a senior in high school and this is his last Christmas yeah. technically home with us. I mean, obviously yeah. he's going to come back for a visit, but Sure. You know, it's his last one living at home. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully he'll get a job. No. <laughs> another milestone. But, yeah. Yeah. Another milestone. He's he's turning 18 in December and, you know, a lot of big, big changes coming up. So this is going to be, uh, I think this is going to be one of those Christmases where we're going to maybe have a, uh, we're going to cry a little bit, I think. <laughs> but, one of those small, uh, small ornament houses or whatever would be a good uh, thing for him if he could put that in his uh, dorm room if he's going away to college, whatever. But it would keep that touch of Christmas and build on that as his life goes on too. So yeah, well, I'll have to I'll have to jot down that idea. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he listens to my podcast though. But <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so in in all of your years of collecting, have you? ever come across something really unusual like a an unusual building or or display they're all unusual i guess no i i, I, re I really haven't so much it's um uh, i I've, I've seen a lot of things that cut caught my eye caught my attention but um uh, usually it is what it is well no i take that back there, there is one thing and it's not a building it's it's a train the the there was a little train, I think it's still available, at least it's on the secondary market, like eBay or whatever. The Tunerville Trolley used to be a cartoon uh, when I was a kid. And it's a funky little trolley car, like a street car. And it it wobbles and it and it, it's uh it was really, really cleverly done. So um if I ever run across one of those again, I'll probably pick that up. Like I was saying, uh, you know, I like looking at the train sets and and seeing all the the houses and yeah. something about miniature is just really neat. Yeah. Um, but then they started making like Halloween villages yeah. and that's been kind of interesting. Um, and I, I don't really, I don't collect those at all. Um, and I, I have to keep my collection pretty small. So, <laughs> well, but um, yeah. yeah, the, uh, I think the weirdest piece I have is from my grandparents and it's a, it's an outhouse. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I just, it cracks me up. It, the doors cracked open. You can see in. There's a toilet in there, and <laughs> so I usually put that out by my barn. <laughs> That's, cool. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. An awful lot of people are using um, the villages now for Halloween. Obviously, is the second biggest holiday, and and they have whole villages for for Halloween. Easter is another big one, and and people make vignettes of a few buildings or whatever every season. I don't. I mean. To me, it's just Christmas 12 months a year. I, I just love Christmas. And when I don't have a village up I'm now for the last few years, I've been working on my website and that keeps Christmas right there. But I, I just, um, I never really got into the seasonal putting up of the buildings. An awful lot of people do. It's very, very popular. But yeah. for me, it was just Christmas and that was it. Um, so you you uh, run and design your own, the website yourself, huh? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, uh, <laughs> I'm in my late seventies and, and I don't have, I don't even have an iPhone or any kind of a cell phone. I don't have a cell phone. Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't do social media. I just, just a lifestyle choice. Um, but uh, when it comes to the website, it, everything is so easy today to do it um, that someone like me can go in and say, yeah, I can do this. Even if you can't, you can just say that. And then you go in and you say, well, maybe I can. And it becomes click and drag and drop and all that sort of stuff. And it becomes quite easy. Yeah, I love, I'm having so much fun with this website. I mean, uh, it's, it's uh, really covered my collecting passion very well. <laughs> Now, when did, when did you start your website? Um, I started it uh, in uh, 2017. And uh, then we were doing really, really well. Um, I wound up in the hospital and laid up for like almost a year that, that we were off the air. But the site still kept picking up visitors um, while we we're gone. And then um, back in the... Uh, back, uh, I think it was around February of this past year, I was able to get back on it. And it's been going really, really great. We just passed, uh, as I mentioned earlier, just this past week, uh, our 100,000th unique visitor. That's not how many visits, that's how many people have visited. Um, and when someone comes in, it registers what country they're from. Doesn't I don't know anything about them, but the, the country... And just this morning, we got our 148th country of that someone's visited from, and that to me was really, really cool. The guy has doesn't even have a cell phone, and and we had 148 countries visiting our site, and we keep track of that right on on one of the pages there. It's it's fun. My uh, podcast host, they keep track of downloads like like your website and where they come from, and um, it just I think last week or two. Uh, I, I finally had somebody download in every one of the 50 states. Although, actually, no, I think Alaska. I'm still waiting for Alaska. So, <laughs> come on, Alaska. <laughs> if, I mean, you're like the most Christmassy of all states, Alaska. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was pretty exciting, though, when I finally got at least the, all it the 48 is, it states. Is. Yeah. It's it's fun to keep track and see the, the what, what's happening. It, it's uh, really cool. My wife's like, well, who do you know in, in you know, in, in England or, or Australia? You know, who are those people? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I tell you, we, we have uh, no budget for, for our, our site. It's just whatever we can do. We don't charge anything for it. It's all free. Um, but it's the only way we can get word out is by word of mouth. Tell your friends and, and this like that. And I'm always saying, and don't forget to tell your friends, you know, because there used to be a commercial on TV about some kind of shampoo that they told two friends and they told two friends and so on. You never know who you might mention it to that all of a sudden brings in another 50,000 viewers from some ridiculous uh, connection to someone or whatever. You don't know. So you, you just cast it out and just keep talking about it and uh, it grows. It's amazing. It's fun. It really is fun. Uh, well, I, I'm really glad I was able to connect with you on on the My Merry Christmas website, and uh, and I want to thank you uh, for for being willing to come on and and talk Christmas villages. Uh, and uh, do you have uh, you had something else you wanted to to add? Yeah, I'd like to you to be the the, the first person that's aware. We're we're going to have what's called a gathering. People get together from villages and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the first virtual village gathering. 
Uh, it's coming up in 2022. Um, we just announced the dates on our website just an hour ago. Um, it's uh, it's called Village Fest 2022. And uh if you go on the breaking news site, the top of that, that page, on the breaking news page of our website, at the top, there's a connection there to a, to a whole separate section on, on Village Fest. Yeah, we're start, just starting to get the word out on that. we got plenty of time to go, obviously. But the big thing is it's like everything else on our website. It's going to be free. And uh, everybody likes that word. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, as, as we get... Closer to that, um, I'll certainly have you back on to do some more promotion for it. It sounds oh, cool. sounds like a blast. Thanks so much, Art. It's really been fun. I could uh, talk Christmas all day long, but I uh, I don't know if I want to do a 24-hour episode here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is my first ever on a blog, so uh, history's made again. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Your uh, your 100,000th visitor is has you on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anyone else wants to lay claim to that, that honor, uh, we might have to fight about it, but <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Art. Thank you. Yes, Bill. It's good talking to you and, and thanks for coming by. Now listeners know that I love a good story. And one of the main staples of my podcast is to talk about stories and to read them and to share our stories. So the next guest I have on today is an author. Her name is Sandy on MyMerryChristmas.com. And I've gotten to chat with her on some of the forums and different things we've posted on. And I happened to see that she was an author. So I reached out to her about being on the show because I saw that she wrote uh, a Christmas book. Her book is called A Town Called Festive. It's available on Kindle as well as on Amazon. A Town Called Festive is about a small town that bursts with the holiday spirit from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day. This is a place where one can find Christmas cheer literally on every corner or at one of the many holiday celebrations. The beliefs of hope, second chances, and forgiveness bubble over there. For there, even the resident town grump can find redemption. Val Young is a single mother and owner-slash-chef of the Memories Diner, struggles to juggle her life. After fleeing from the haunting devastation that nearly ruined her life in New York and traveling for a few years in Europe, she settled in festive Maryland. She felt that she could hide from the meanness of the world and raise her daughter Maggie. James Hawk, a reporter from Chicago, begrudgingly arrives in festive to cover the Christmas events. After his headline mistake lands him reassigned in the newspaper's style page. Convinced that the town's Christmas cheer is just a tourist money-grabbing gimmick, his mind is set to just get through this assignment and get back on the paper's front pages. After meeting Val Young, he is reminded of her past secrets. Over the course of events, he becomes very attached to Val and Maggie. His dilemma begins as he is pressured by his boss to expose her or lose his job. Here's a, a little bit about the author. Sandy's interests in writing blossomed after one of her English professors gave the final assignment to either write five poems or recite Hamlet's to be or not to be speech. After completing the five poems, she continued to write poetry and perform at open mic nights. Several years ago, she read about an article in the local newspaper concerning a challenge to write a novel in one month. Sandy pushed herself to completing that task, and after that, she fell in love with creating the entire story and each one of the characters that real people could relate to. Sandy is the youngest of five children, and she grew up in the quiet area of Pasadena, Maryland, a small town where one could catch a bushel of blue crabs from the Magathi River in the morning, 
steamed them in the afternoon while having one's friends over to watch football. Her mother always has a way of making Christmas special, so Sandy is that person who is in the Christmas mode 90% of the time. While she currently resides in Oklahoma, Maryland will always be her heart's home. Sandy's hobbies include pursuing Pinterest for new recipes to make, especially holiday desserts, collecting teapot Christmas ornaments, reading, watching football, and hunting for that perfect coffee shop to relax in, and of course, anything and everything Christmas-related. This book felt like a Hallmark movie, and I don't mean that as a criticism. Honestly, I've only seen a couple of Hallmark movies, so I haven't experienced that, you know, deep saturation of the films, but it was cozy. The characters were interesting, and and the plot was fun. I mean, it was a fun read. I just read it in October, and I'm definitely going to read it again when it feels more Christmassy out. You know, I've been on the lookout for more Christmas stories that I can make a tradition of reading every year along with The Christmas Carol. I've only really got a few stories that I read every year, so I've been wanting to add to that list. And I'm going to add A Town Called Festive to my yearly read list. It's Christmassy in all the right places. There's a great love story. There are some charming, kooky characters in the town and one old grump. But uh, there, it was all a delight to read, and this story would be perfect for a cold winter's night as you sit next to the Christmas tree. Maybe you've got your Christmas fire going, you've got a cup of hot cocoa or eggnog, maybe a, a stash of snackies ready to munch on, and you're set for a, just a good, wholesome read. This story I would highly recommend. And I had the pleasure of interviewing Sandy on the phone, and so here's that interview. Well, my uh, next guest here is uh, author Sandra McCauley. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate that. Like I said in the introduction, I came across you and your book on the on the website, on the, uh, the Christmas forums there. And it's really amazing just how many creative types have gathered together in one place to celebrate Christmas every, every day of the year. I personally love forums like that because... It gives people ideas and a place to share and a place to laugh. And, I mean, I've seen people post music videos that I never knew of. And it's just a wonderful way to share all over the the world what we do. And I love it. I interviewed another, uh, the uh, the guy, he, he goes by the uh, the Village Collector on the forums and I, I was telling him today that uh you know I came across the the forums a couple years ago and it was great to find people in August who want to talk about Christmas, you know. Well I talk about Christmas three hundred and sixty five days a year. Maybe people get tired of me, I don't know. But uh Christmas well, crazy in my family. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. Well, you you are uh, you will find a, a community here of of like minded people. So I, I want to have you go ahead and introduce yourself and let the folks know who you are and uh, maybe a little bit about uh, the book you've written. Okay. Well, my name is Sandra McCauley, and I'm currently living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I grew up just south of Baltimore in a little town called Pasadena, Maryland. I'm the youngest of five, uh, all girls, all sisters. So, And I started writing 
when a college professor of mine had our final exam and it was either write five poems or do Hamlet's to be or not to be speech. So I chose to write the five poems and I've been sort of writing in different ways ever since. And this is my first book to be published. Going into the story a little bit, it's about a, a young mom, a single mom, who had tragedy in her life when she was living in New York. And she is the owner and chef of a place called Memories Diner. And after the tragedy happened in New York, she went to live in Europe for a few years. But she came back to the States and she settled in Festive, Maryland, which is a town that goes Christmas crazy mm. from uh, Thanksgiving to the, you know, Christmas Eve. They have, I think I put it was 14 different Christmas festivals. And then what also happens is there is a young guy whose name is James. He's a reporter from Chicago who is sent to cover this town and their festival because people from all over the world come to this town every year after year after year for these festivals. And he thinks it's a gimmick, you know, a tourist trap is what he calls it. But what they find out is that people have established relationships with people all over the world within their community through these festivals. And, of course, you have James and the mom's name is Val is the love interest in the story. And then we have another couple, Hal and Rose, who are the innkeeper. And, of course, Rose is the town matchmaker, and she thinks that James and Val are meant for each other. But James has a little secret, which I don't want to give away because I want the readers to to find it. (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah, that kind of sets them on a uh, breakup there for a bit. That, that was for the readers to find. So, and my favorite character in the book is a gentleman called Mr. Jeffers. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's an elderly gentle, gentleman. And I just love him because he starts out as being the grumpy person, you know, the bah humbug, Ebenezer Scrooge's sort type person. But mm-hmm. by the end of the book, he is transformed into something else and he's kind of redeemed a little bit in that part so he's my favorite character i based him on kind of both my grandfathers because i had one grandfather who was always the kind one and not the other one who was kind of a little i guess the word they used to say was curmudgeon you know he had uh, he would say you know well, what's if you say, "Oh, hey, it's a great day," and he's like, "Well, what's good about it?" You know, type person. <laughs> so that that's kind of who I based that on, and it was a lot of fun writing this book. I think I could I could sense that you know the character, especially Mister Jeffers, was just a delight to read that those parts and relationship he develops with you know the main character's daughter is really sweet. It's, just, it's a great reminder that we can to show kindness to somebody and maybe change a life, you know? Yeah, uh, when I read the book and I chose that um, quotation in the front, the quotation by Dickens uh, with the end of the Christmas Carol where Ebenezer Scrooge has changed and he lived Christmas well throughout the year. That's how this idea for the book kind of started for me because I I read A Christmas Carol a few years back, and I always had this idea, what does that look like? You know, in everyday mm-hmm. life, in this modern life we live, how do you do that? 
And that's partly how the story started for me. And then, kind of a sad note, I went home for my mom's memorial service back to Maryland, from Tulsa to Maryland. I stayed a few extra days, yeah, and I went back to towns like Frederick, Maryland, and Newmarket, and I think this book was some sort of gift because I didn't even have an inkling of writing it. I stayed at the hotel, and within two days, I had the outline for my book, <laughs> and I've never experienced that. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, something is saying, you got to write this. So I credit mom, you know, for that. I've been looking to add to my my list of books I read every year at Christmas time. I mean, I love A Christmas Carol. You know, if anybody has listened to this podcast long enough, they know that, you know, by the second episode, I I was talking Dickens as much as I could. But, I, you know, I'm wanting to find more stories to read at Christmas time because it's such a great time of year to, to read. And uh, so when I, I read your your book and, and I, I just greatly enjoyed it, I'm definitely adding it to my, my list of books to read at Christmas time. Oh. Well, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I said it, it It was kind of like a, a Hallmark movie, but, you know, not in a bad way at all. I don't mean that to, I, I know some people love those movies, some don't. It's it's just like being wrapped up in a warm blanket, you know, as you read it. It's it's very cozy. I think <laughs> if you experience small town, I'm sorry, I think if you experience small town, yeah. you always have those people that, you know, you have the couple that run everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, the mayor thinks he runs everything, but it's actually in this book, it's Hal and Rose. They run everything, you know. Yeah. And you have the relationships that are a little bit competitive between Val and another business owner. But and then you have these people that you see every single day coming into her diner. You know, she was a classically trained chef, but she owns this diner. They know the me- the menu better than she does, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get to experience that life. And if you have a small town, there's always that place that everybody goes to. So I think, yep. to me, it's like you can take this story and put it in New Hampshire. You could put it in California. You could put it in New Mexico, wherever there's a small town, that's where these characters are, you know? Yeah, I I live in a small town myself in uh, rural Iowa. We're a town of 700 people. I mean, very, very small town. I was laughing so hard at your book because I'm like, I know who this character is in my town. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I, this is the guy or, or, uh, you know, when everyone comes here, they, we don't, we have trouble keeping restaurants in in because we're so small but there is a bakery in town that i mean it's the backbone of our business district (laughs) such as it is uh the the one street we have in town but everyone who comes to visit has to go to the bakery run by some wonderful people that just make you feel at home i found a lot to identify with in your book like you said anyone who lives in a small town this is going to be like yep i (laughs) i know these that's it I have to say, uh, also, it reminds me of my town. Um, we're a big, well, I say big, but there there are a lot of uh, antique shops in town. So all of our commerce and business comes from having, you know, all these antique stores. You know, such a tiny town, but there's like 20 antique stores crammed on, on Main Street. Every year they have a antique festival or an antique walk, they call it, in July, I think, or June. Uh, yeah, it's June over Father's Day weekend and you get people coming from all over the United States 
to to come to this thing. I mean, our town is shut down for the weekend, but it, it's like you were saying, uh, there are people who who come in who have now you know made relationships with people in town and um, and friendships, and you know they might only see each other you know one time a year during the the antique walk, but it, it's it's foreign friendships uh, over that that common theme and then they usually have another antique weekend it's not you it's not as popular but it's one that's coming up here at the end of november and it's their christmas walk and they have all kinds of fun stuff that go on in town you know along with hoping to sell some antiques too so (laughs) (laughs) town so for me it was not that hard to believe that this could happen you know in real life you you really capture that small town community and and you care about the people that you're reading about that what's going to happen to these two are they going to are they going to get together or not and and uh, <laughs> is this guy going to change become nicer and all that you're just you're just really hooked and it feels very christmasy so it it was a great read i am glad you enjoyed it if you ever get the chance to experience maryland to christmas it's, it's so much fun i grew up kind of in between Baltimore and Annapolis, 45 minutes in any direction, there was always something going on. I kind of think I had a little community I grew up called North Shore, and we were doing the Hallmark Christmas writings before it was on Hallmark, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we would have a, a gathering at Christmas at the, the Christmas tree little area and sing Christmas carols. So when I see that in a Hallmark movie, I'm going, yeah, hey, we did that long before y'all did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't take credit for our our work. <laughs> well, you, you talked a little bit about um, how you came to write the book. I mean, did you ever really imagine yourself that that you would be a writer? Well, I was always interested in the arts more, more so acting when I was like in high school and and early college. My life kind of took a change, and I didn't imagine myself being a writer, but this is kind of what flew out of that professor challenging us to write the poetry. Mm. And then years later, I read an article in a newspaper that challenged people to write a novel in a month. And that's a lot of hard work. <laughs> but yeah. I took it upon my child. I said, said, I'm just going to try it, you know, and see what comes of it. And yeah. I did it. So then I've been writing since then. And I have some things that, you know, mostly had this is the first thing I've had that's been published. But there are other stories that I'm going back and working on now that I hope to get published in the future. I was going to ask if if uh, you had any another book coming out soon or plans to keep writing. I am keep writing. I'm going to write. I'm working on the sequel to a town called Festo. Oh, so I am working on a sequel to that, and then I have another book that I wrote years ago. That I'm going back and re-editing, getting into the proper form, and that was called. Um, that was a murder mystery. Total. John would change there, but it was um, hmm. written in for uh, called Barry Lies in Montana is what I'm working on right now. That too. I love murder mysteries. I, I have plans maybe in the next year to maybe do a, a month or a, a couple of episodes of uh, cozy mysteries or something. We'll talk about those. Um, I but I, I I love I love a good mystery. You mentioned you had five sisters. I have right, four right? sisters. I'm the youngest okay, that's of right. five. Four sisters. So, are are they going to provide some uh, material for your f- future writing? I don't know about that. I'd like to be able to go home <laughs> <Yeah>. for Christmas. <laughs> no, that's teasing. Yeah. Um, 
if anything, it's like the character of Rose is mostly based on my mom mm-hmm. and my grandmother, her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to put my sisters or anybody else like that in the family uh, in the book. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, especially wearing a murder mystery. That, that would be wild. You killed me in my in your book. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it all depends on where the imagination right. takes you. But I can fairly right. say I'm not going to be my sisters <laughs> in the book. <laughs> Maybe some of the traditions that we did, but not my sisters yeah, in yeah. the book. No. Uh, although now you can you can tell them. Uh, be careful what you say or what you do, or you'll end up in my next book. I saw a mug with that. <laughs> do you have a, a a favorite Christmas memory you'd you'd like to share with us? Well, tell the kids. Um, okay, because uh, this has to do with the Santa Claus type thing, so okay, they yep. might not want to listen to that part. <laughs> okay, but I was about five years old. This is my favorite Christmas. Uh, my grandfather lived with us. I was, my dad had a workshop down in our basement, and we had just gotten a puppy. We got gotten a little dachshund puppy. I walked downstairs, and I'm looking, you know, walked back to his work area, and he was building this, but I know now with my dollhouse. He was building it, and I was like, Daddy, what are you doing? And he looked at me, and he's like, I'm making a dog a house for Heidi, for our dog. I was like, Hmm. Well, why does it have two stories? <laughs> and he was like, I was like, you better put stairs in there, you know, something <laughs> for the doctor. And, yeah. you know, of course, Christmas morning, I had kind of forgotten all about that, but that was one of my gifts to my parents Christmas morning. So that's one of my, my favorite memories. And my dad had built my dollhouse, and that, of uh-huh. course, was very cool. And um, another memory I have was, I think about the same age, actually. My mom and I went shopping with a friend of hers, and we're in the Christmas decoration part of the store. And they had these little angels that you put on the tree and you light up. Well, I begged and begged and begged and begged and begged my mom to buy them, you know, mm-hmm. so much to the point of a temper tantrum <laughs> to buy these little things, okay? <laughs> and she had a little Christmas tree in our living room, a little tabletop tree, and she put them on there. And that started her angel collection. So through the years, we always gave her angels. Uh-huh. And when she passed away, she had a I think a couple hundred angels from all over the world that we would wow. give to her. But it always became like a, for me, it always became like a very special thing as to, well, what angel am I going to get mom this year, you know, type yeah. thing. And I, when she passed away, I do have some of the ones that you know came to me. But I also have some of those original ones that were on that first tree. So yeah. they're pretty ancient, oh, wow. but <laughs> my uh, yeah. my stepmom collected angels. Uh, she she passed away a few years ago now from uh, uh, cancer. Uh, she had an angel. She called it her angel tree, and one would decorate her tree with with little angels on it. And and then my uh, my mother in law would like every year she would make these handmade angel ornaments of different styles and kinds and give them off to oh, family yeah. members and stuff and. And so then my stepmom knew about that. Anyway, we were able to get her some of those 
handmade angel ornaments, which she really appreciated uh, and loved. Now my uh, my mother-in-law, they retired this year, and so I, I think she's done making angels right now. <laughs> she <laughs> she wants some time, a break from that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you ever do any crafting or anything. To get known for something, everyone wants one, you know? <laughs> uh, that's true. I, I, could, I know it would get kind of overwhelming for her some years, but uh, we, we always appreciated getting. And so we, I think we have enough angels from my mother-in-law now that we could, we could fill out a, a little tree anyway. Well, probably a decent sized tree. How, how about uh, any, any fun Christmas traditions? Well, uh, one of the things that I do, and I do a Christmas jar every year. And I don't know if you've read the book Christmas Jars by Jason Wright is that what you do is you collect your change in a in a jar, like I use a spaghetti jar or a mayonnaise jar throughout the year. And then at Christmas time you give that jar to a complete stranger. Anonymously oh. if you can. There have been times when I've just seen somebody in the grocery store and, you know, you can kinda of look at them and see like they're struggling a little bit. Yeah. And I've gone gone, Okay. Here you go. One time I gave it to a, a waitress at a restaurant. Some years ago when I was struggling, someone gave one to me with a copy of his book about it. So now I've kind of picked up that tradition and I do it. I think this is about oh. my 10th year doing it now. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it's amazing how much coin we collect <laughs> over the year. We've done that before, not not that we've given it away, but we, we had saved up for some things, like fun things throughout the year. Uh, and, you know, we just throw change into the, we used one of those giant pickle jars, filled the thing up, or well, we, we had it pretty pretty full. And man, that those, those pennies add up. Uh, I had a friend who, she saved for her first car by mm-hmm. filling up one of those giant pretzel jars, you know, those hard pretzel jars. That's mm-hmm. how she saved to get her first car was selling that thing. Oh, uh, but that's a, that's a neat idea. What what was uh, that book called again, The the Christmas Jar? The Christmas Jars by Jason Wright. Jason Wright. Okay. Yeah, I haven't read that. Um, I'll, I'll have to check that out. Always looking for more Christmas books, so... <laughs> There you go. Yeah, well, that's neat um, that you can help people out like that. And, uh, you know, that idea of, of paying it forward, as as they say, um, you know, somebody helped you out and then you took that idea and are helping other people out. That's I, I think we need to see more of that uh, in the world today. And I'm, I'm, in the book I wrote about Val teaching Maggie those things. Mm-hmm. So she had that giving advent calendar. So she's teaching her daughter to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm all about with that. I did one last year with between the 1st and the 24th, just doing something nice for somebody. You know, mm-hmm. sending a Christmas card to soldiers or a Christmas card to the people that work at the retirement center, baking cookies for, I call them my tire guys, the people who repair my tires or stuff <laughs> like that. I did that this year with COVID. That's kind of put a damper a little bit on that. I'm trying to do something, yeah. but yeah. I'm hoping next year I can come back bigger and better and do more. But those are things yeah. that, you know, people can do. And you know, a lot of times it's not a whole lot of money. It's just a little bit of effort. And, you know, when you're making a batch of chocolate chip cookies, you make an extra batch. So type mm-hmm. thing. So many, uh, there are a lot of people that are you know, struggling, especially this year. I, I I know we we've done things like that with our kids in the past. We may have even called it the the 
advent or giving advent calendar or something like that. You know, my wife had this idea, especially when our kids were younger and, and they were so focused on Christmas about presents and getting presents. And that's what it was all about. And, you know, it was a way to, hey, let's teach them to give too. This is so important, uh, a lesson to teach. So we you know, put some ideas into a jar and would draw out a new idea every day, you know, like bake someone cookies or or do something kind for someone. And so that was that was a lot of fun. You know, for kids, for some days it was kind of a challenge that they didn't want to do it, but other days they were getting excited about it. And I think it's so important to, to teach that to kids. It's such a good thing. And you can brighten someone's day with just even a kind word or a simple act of, of kindness. Uh, you can you can really change a life sometimes. Yes, you can. So let's see. So you've got this book available. It's uh, on Amazon. It, it was uh, on Kindle and then uh, paperback? Yes, sir. And it's also available at Barnes & Noble. A Town Called Festive. I recommend you get it. Recommend it to your local library. I think that would make a nice addition to their uh, holiday stacks. My wife's a librarian, so I, I can recommend all kinds of books to her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she ever listens to me, but... <laughs> Well, Sandra, thank you for, for coming by and, and uh, taking the time to chat with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me on, and it's been nice talking to you. You bet. When you get another book published, uh, let me know, and we'll have you back on to talk about it. Well, I appreciate that. So I hope you have a happy and healthy holiday season with your family. Oh, yeah, you too. All right, our last guest is an interview with uh, another podcast host. His name is Sean, and he's from the Christmas Podcasts podcast. No, I'm not being redundant on purpose. That's the name of the podcast, and it is actually a great podcast that recaps a lot of the episodes from the week. Sean does a great job of getting everything summarized and uh, updated, and then he's been interviewing different podcast hosts as well. And I'll be on one of his upcoming episodes, and then he was kind enough to give me some time in an interview, and so we chat here about all things Christmas. You can also find him on the My Merry Christmas forums as well. I'm here with Sean, the host of the Christmas Podcast podcast. If I got the you name got right. It right. We, we're, we're all about redundancy. All right. <laughs> if you're not familiar with that podcast, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Alrighty. Christmas podcast podcast. It was started up basically because I have a love of Christmas and I love podcasts. I first started listening to podcasts uh, about uh, eight, nine years ago, shortly after uh, Jeff Westover of My Merry Christmas released his podcast, uh, The Merry Podcast. I just enjoyed his content and it, it snowballed from there. I wanted more content and I stumbled across uh, Tim Babs Can't Wait for Christmas. Fell in love with him because he's he's a funny guy. And then it just it just snowballed from there. I kept looking and kept looking, grabbed more and more. And eventually Jeff Westover came over and says, you like listen to a lot of podcasts. I said, yeah, I have about 15 in my feed. And he says, how would you like to do a podcast about them? Just basically update people and get, get the word out about Christmas podcasts. And I'm like, great, I can do that. I don't mind talking to a microphone. Uh, I'm in radio. So that that's right up my alley. And I, I love connecting with all of the other podcasters out there. And basically what we want to do is bring the listeners podcast information. So we, if episodes drop, we can let them know. We have uh, christmaspodcast.com, which hosts uh, all the links to the the websites where they can find all the, the episodes for all of our 
Christmas podcasts we have on christmaspodcast.com. And it's just, it's been wonderful and great just having everybody aboard. Your podcast sounded different, <laughs> you know, when it started. Like, is this, what is this? But then I start listening and it's great. I can catch up on everybody's podcast and find new ones that I hadn't heard of before. Sometimes I'll I'll skip through the updates because I hadn't listened to it yet. And I don't like spoilers. So <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are spoilers, even with the just podcast. updates too. So, I mean, I mean, which, whichever yeah. works for you. So, yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I really enjoy yours and Thank I, you. I like hearing from the other podcasters. I started listening to podcasts a couple of years ago. Again, my wife got me into that. She told me I should listen to a few. <laughs> um, she, she's had all my best ideas. I, I that's, that's what I tell her. <laughs> I listened to the Christmas stocking with Lee mm -hmm. Cameron. And I think he his is one of the older or oldest podcasts or Christmas. Podcasts. He's one of the oldest ones. Uh, yeah, least, I I never yeah. really listened to him a whole lot just because I don't I don't know why I don't know if it was because the one episode I listened to didn't really trigger me to listen again. I I don't know why I I need to go back and listen to his episodes again. Yeah, and most of them are short, fifteen twenty minutes tops. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I thought this is great. Somebody's talking about pot or Christmas all the time. This is wonderful. There's a place for us Christmas nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted something all year. So I kept looking. Then I came across Christmas Past. Let's see, his and then uh, Can't Wait for Christmas with Tim Babb. Uh, and then that was like a gateway <laughs> into the world. Floodgates just opened from there. Yep. They recommend one. And then I listen to that. And then that one recommends another one. And, you know, before you know it, I, it's... Christmas 24-7 in my earphones. Yep, yep. And that's what I love about it. <laughs> What's your history with Christmas? When did you first realize this is a holiday that I love and I want to live it all year uh, round? When I was about um, minus three months in my mother's womb. <laughs> no, I, I always remember having a love for Christmas. I, I've had it since I was a little child. I've always had a belief in Santa Claus since I was, I've never truly lost the belief in Santa Claus. My beliefs have changed. Obviously, as you get older, they change. I've always loved Christmas when I was little. I loved the, the magic of the season, the, the warmth. Even though up here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's cold. There's still a warmth to Christmas. Mm -hmm. There's a warmth to being around friends and family. And just the overall, the lights, the sounds, the music, the food, the gathering. It, it's just a warm, cozy place kind of like a cozy it's a cozy christmas it's mm -hmm. what it is and that's what mm -hmm. i've always loved about it i've had my ups and downs um most people say when they hit their 20s they lose it i never did my downs happened right around when i got divorced and i couldn't have my kids around me the whole time i had to obviously share placement so that mm -hmm. led me down but then i met my wife and we just she brought me around to different traditions and she's actually really opened my eyes because I was more of a traditionalist. I'd want a traditional and I still love the nostalgia of tradition, but I like making new ones and we've been making new ones since I've met my wife. And it's just been even better than I could ever imagine having Christmas plus being a part of MyMerryChristmas.com and doing all the work that I do with them with the tracking Santa, the 50 hours of tracking Santa. I, I work intensely with that. And I love doing that. So I've always had a love for Christmas. I can remember as a 
kid, seeing my dad pull out the Christmas decoration box, you know, it is this big, like refrigerator size box. And, and then we'd get excited. All right. And then he'd, he'd put on the, these records. Uh, and I wish I could remember who it was. It, it was some choir. I don't think it was the Mormon Tabernacle. The, the Harry Simeon Choir, maybe? That might be it, actually. Every once in a while, I hear one of those songs, and and it just takes me right back mm-hmm. to um, uh, to the, to listening to those to those records. Uh, but yeah, I've always loved Christmas, and it's got gotten worse, well, or better. <laughs> <laughs> it's intensified. Uh, it's intensified. There we go. Uh, as I've gotten older, uh, you know, my my son Ryan. Uh, he he's done some of the music on on my podcast and he's graduating this year uh from from high school and then my wife told me the other day hey this is going to be his last christmas you know technically at home before he goes off to college and now I'm like oh thanks for that there's a reality check <laughs> I'm gonna for go you. cry that's right <laughs> definitely i've loved christmas you know, and I don't know if I can pinpoint why, no. um, you know, obviously there's, there's some, um, uh, elements of, of faith to mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, but, but there's so much fun around it too, with, you know, doing the traditions with Santa Claus doing, uh, giving presents and can I say getting presents too? <laughs> right. There, there's a thing. I mean, if, if that's not your sole expectation, no, you, you like to see the thoughts uh, that somebody puts into, into you. You need that too. Yeah. Granted, everybody focuses on, yeah, the gift of giving, which, yeah, it should be. It shouldn't be just about you, but you need a little bit too. So I, I don't think if the, if that's just a minor part, not a sole focus, I don't blame anybody for having just a little minor part. Right. Oh, yeah, getting presents is fun too. It is. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so this is a, a deep expose here of my life. <laughs> I like presents. <laughs> uh, but the Christmas lights, especially, I, I enjoy. I enjoy those. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I saw saw your pictures that you have your decorations up already. Yep, huh? yep I do. Um, and that's actually toned down from what I've done like, like 10 years ago or better. Uh, in my first marriage, we owned a house and my neighbors called me Griswold. Let's put it that way. I mean, it was decked <laughs> nice. out the full yard. I mean, all, lights all the way around the windows, around the, the roof lines. And it was, I mean, I love doing it. And I did it solely for my pleasure of, of displaying the Christmas lights. I love looking at Christmas lights. And I know there's a lot of other people out there that like looking at them too. So I'd put them up for that. Plus my kids like doing it too. They grumbled a little bit, but now my son is, is is full blown into it too. And he's just as big of a nut about putting lights up as I am. So it, it's, it's fun to watch, even though when he was younger, he'd grumble about it, but watching him now with his daughter, uh, my first grandchild, and she helped him. He had pictures up of her helping him put lights up in their little apartment. They just have like an upstairs apartment, but they could put some lights up outside. And he came over and helped put up those lights with me and, that was just spending time with the family doing that stuff. That's, that's what I love about it. The time you spend with the family, the good fun memories. And Christmas was fun when, when our kids were little, you know, two or three, four, 
you know, they get so excited. But I, I've actually enjoyed it as the older they get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're able to maybe control that excitement a little bit uh, so that I can start listening to Christmas music in October <laughs> without, you know, having my kids running around screaming <laughs> in excitement for three months or two months. Right. You know, you, you mentioned there were a lot of traditional things you liked and enjoyed about Christmas. What are some of the movies you might like or the Christmas music that's been your favorite? You really want me to narrow it down. I mean, it, it's, it's like it's, saying, it's hard. saying which which one of your children do you like the best? That That's kind of <laughs> what it is to me. Well, I always say that depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas story is always a big one that, that's huge with me. I mean, Elf, you got Charlie Brown, anything that was on the, the television back when you actually had to look through the TV guide and see when it was on. And mm-hmm. if you missed it, your your whole season was ruined. Those episodes, those little shows like that, those are all great. There's some new ones like Elf. I go back to like the, a new favorite one that's come up for me is It's a Wonderful Life. My dad loved that. I never really got into it when I was younger because it was black and white. I was a child, didn't know mm-hmm. any better. And it was a black and white movie, no big deal. But now that I've gotten older, that's something that I love watching. It's a wonderful life. Music. Oh, Lord. My dad <laughs> my dad was a musician. I grew up listening to 50s and 60s rock. So music has always been in my life. I remember looking at lights with my dad on Christmas Eve and my mom and my brother, the whole family. We'd go out after we visited my aunt's and uncle's house. We have the big family party there. And then just having the radio on and listening to wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney and the Ronettes um, sleigh ride, those being on the radio with those shows. Mm-hmm. So you'd have your modern with your more traditional, like Bing Crosby, um, growing up, my parents had an eight track tape. This, this is dating me here. An eight track tape yeah. of Bing Crosby's white Christmas, you know, the one with white Christmas and Andrew's sisters mm-hmm. and all them on there. I wore that tape out listening to it. Mm-hmm. I would put it on any time of the year, put headphones on and just, just enjoy it. So if I had to pick kind of one that's the most, that would have to be Bing Crosby. It would be the album. I couldn't pick a song. But it would be that album that would be probably the top, especially for the most nostalgia for me. It's funny about uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, That's a movie I didn't really see until two years ago, I think. That was my, again, my wife's one of her favorites. I don't know why we never watched it. (laughs) You know, usually our our form of compromise is just doing what she wants. (laughs) That seems to be a common theme. Yeah, yeah. But then I actually sat down to watch it and I thought, this is actually pretty good. This is really good. Now, th- this this film was my grandfather's favorite movie, uh, and not just Christmas movie, his favorite movie. When my brother got married and, and he would do this for his wedding toast, my, my grandfather would, he would he would do the toast from from that movie. Uh, and I okay. can't remember how it goes, but, you know, there's the thing about the the bread that you'll never go hungry. Um, okay. I, I, see, I can't even, but you know, the quote, I'm, yeah, I think I can't, I can't. Yeah. Right now everyone's shouting at, like, we know what the quote is. <laughs> Say yeah. a little louder. I can't quite hear. Come on. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's how much my grandfather loved that film. He 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 loved that one. For Christmas, he would watch the um, Alistair Sims uh, Christmas Carol. Right. And, th- and that was my first introduction to Christmas Carol and, and to Dickens, really. Uh, and I can remember, you know, going to Missouri to see my grandma and grandpa, and he and my dad would watch this. And, you know, I was a young kid, so the TV's on. I'm going to hey, okay, TV's on. I'll watch that. Right. <laughs> I don't care right. what's on. <laughs> and I was just enthralled with, with that story. Uh, you know, the ghosts, they were scary. The uncertainty, you know, will Scrooge be able to to change his ways? And will Tiny Tim live? You know, these are things that I think most people know the story so well. We, we know how the story goes. Right. But I can remember seeing that for the first time, just the impact the story had. Mm-hmm. And then later as a teenager, I realized I hadn't ever read the book. And so I, I went to get it from the library and, you know, it's this really skinny little book. And I thought, is it edited? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want the full story. Right. No, no, that's it. It was a short one. Because uh, I've seen, you know, other Dickens novels and, and they're huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're giants. Long story short, I, I read that, you know, it, it's one of those moments that just change your life, that this is a powerful story. And, and it's become one of my favorites to read every year. My introduction to A Christmas Carol was my mother got me a three LP set. It's two LPs of Disney Christmas songs. And then it had the Walt Disney's adaptation of a Christmas Carol. So you had Scrooge McDuck and this was on an LP uh, record player. So you had Scrooge McDuck, you had Mickey as just like you see on TV. You had Scrooge McDuck as Scrooge. You had Mickey as tiny Tim, but for the ghosts, instead of Jiminy Cricket, it was, um, Merlin, the magician, was the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, They still had the giant as Christmas present, but they had the witch from, I can't remember which one it is, but it was an old cackling witch instead of Pete. So that's how I was introduced to it. So I was actually a little disappointed when I saw it come on TV and they changed those around. That was my, like I said, that was my introduction. So you go from Disney's version of a Christmas Carol, which they, they stayed fairly well to to the book, but then you go to read the book and you're going, "Wow, that, that blows your mind!" Just how how in depth Dickens was with that book and and how dark it actually did get. Yeah, and I actually reread it this spring <laughs> because why not? You know, like I said, we we <laughs> were all inside. Do. Yeah. Just some of the lines he he uses are so applicable to our world situation. You know, I can remember like last year reading it and, and, or maybe the year before, I don't really want to get too political, you know, but it was talking about uh, the children, ignorance and want. Yep. And, and I know so many people who, who talk about immigration and poverty they're just a problem. Get rid of it. And what Dickens is writing about there, I, I think we need to remember that as we're dealing with these issues, because he's right. You know that ignorance is 
such a a, a dangerous uh, path to follow. You know that mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I don't care. Just get it out of my sight, and therein lies some pr- pretty big problems. Right, and there, I've talked with people, and even with my wife, she made this comment too that people are going where the things are so much worse now than they were before. And you just said it now. Dickens had that back in 1870s when he wrote A Christmas Carol. Yeah, it was actually 1843. 1843, okay. I'm, yeah. I didn't research that. I knew no, it was in the 1800s. But they had these issues that we have today back then. Dickens wrote about them. You just didn't have the mass media to get it at your fingertips instantaneously. So now the world seems worse off than it was before when mm-hmm. probably really isn't any worse off than it was before. We just were more oblivious and more ignorant of it than we are now. So, and Dickens, a Christmas Carol writing about that stuff to me is, is one uh, example of that being true. I always try to imagine what, what would Dickens do with social media? Oh Lord. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to imagine he would probably he's probably rolling over his grave right now because of all this. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think any politician would be safe from him. <laughs> no, 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 no. He'd be calling everyone out. <laughs> You're very involved with the My Merry Christmas website. You want can you talk a little bit about that? Uh the biggest thing I'm in, involved with is the 50 hours of tracking Santa around the world. It's basically 50 hours where we have the, the people from the forums of MyMerryChristmas.com. They put together hours of music, whether they assemble it and edit it themselves or they send me the music and they're, they record their voices and what they want to say, and I put them together. Uh, that's basically what I do. I, I'm like the program director there. And then we insert updates from the North Pole. We, we get audio updates from the North Pole uh, Till from when it's Christmas Eve, uh, the international dateline, which is for central time zone, it is 4 a.m. on the 23rd. That's when the broadcast kicks off. And then from there until about an hour before Santa launches, we have updates every half hour. What, about an hour before Santa launches through the basically the rest until maybe an hour or two before uh, Santa is done going around the world. There's updates every 15 minutes from the North Pole. We get elves from the Mor- North Pole that give us updates on what's happening at the North Pole in preparation, when Santa's in flight, where he's at now, and his dealings there. And we, I, I, I assemble all that stuff and put it together in the hours, and then we broadcast it uh, for everybody to listen to on from the 23rd through Christmas morning. I, I've heard it talked about, but I don't think I've ever actually tuned in to hear what it is. So this year, I'm hoping to do that, at least for some of it. it, it it's rough to listen. You can't listen to the whole thing. A, obviously, it's 50 hours straight, so you got to <laughs> sleep sometime. And, and B, everybody, <laughs> everybody is so busy on Christmas Eve with whatever they got going on, which is probably the main reason why we do it is you got people all over the world tuning in. And mm-hmm. that's the amazing part to me is Jeff has shared with us. I'm part of the crew. We have people tuning in all over the world, all times of the day. 
and it, it's it, it's amazing to see how much joy and and fun and anticipation we can bring with this and just the tracking of Santa and it's how, how it came to the internet and how it came to Jeff is also an amazing story in itself. That would be something that you, you could probably do is ask Jeff to get him on and to have him talk about how the Santa update.com got started with the Mary forums. And it's an amazing story. And it's a story I love hearing over and over. Basically it's when he married his wife, she had a five-year-old little girl who didn't believe in Santa and that's what sparked this whole thing. So it's, it, it's sad to hear that a five-year-old didn't have a belief in Santa or didn't know about Santa, mm-hmm. but thanks to her not having that spawned this beautiful thing. That's my Merry Christmas and Santa update and all that. And when I was growing up, I would catch those NORAD updates that were on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And I was searching for that somewhere on the internet when the internet was young. And that's how I stumbled on SantaUpdate.com and my Merry Christmas. And I got onto the forums there and just started listening and started participating. And when my kids were younger, um, we would do the tracking Santa that back before they actually had a broadcast of it, they would uh, have updates on the internet on the website every 15 minutes. And we could see where Santa was on a map and, it's even suggested that you get a map out and just take some uh, yarn or or Mm -hmm. little thread and track out where Santa is. And it's, it's just fun. It it was a whole fun process. And my son now is getting excited because my granddaughter is now two and he, she's now starting to get into the fun part of all this and we'll get her into tracking Santa. I do that because I know there's kids out there everywhere that love doing this. Mm-hmm. I love music. Uh, like I said, my dad was a musician. I never learned to play um, an instrument and I don't have confidence in my singing voice. So that's why I went into radio and so I could play the songs that my dad played and that mm-hmm. just snowballed from there. And he, my love for Christmas came in and then that's how I got into, into it with my Merry Christmas and, it's a blast every year for me. It's, it has never gotten old and I've been doing this for like five years now. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun work. So it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Once something feels like work, it's no longer fun. Exactly. <laughs> I guess unless you, you like work, I don't know. There's, there's crazy people like that. <laughs> what, I guess one more question here. Do you have uh, a favorite uh, Christmas memory or a tradition that you do with your family every year? I've got a lot, a lot of memories. I shared a couple of, uh, some of my memories is, is I used to live in a mobile home when, with my parents and just going out to the shed in the back, climbing up into the attic of the shed and grabbing the Christmas ornaments. And then you get that old musty smell. Mm-hmm. And that, that smell to, even to this day will bring back, memories of getting the Christmas stuff out and, and decorating the house that my mom would do. We decorate it like crazy. Another funny nostalgic smell for me is when dust burns off of when the furnace kicks in for the first time and you get that dust burning off smell. Yeah. I would sit and listen to that, those records I talked about the, the Walt Disney's Chris, the, uh, the presents a Christmas Carol and the 26 all time favorite Christmas songs. I would sit there, do homework, listening to those 
and the furnace would kick in and I'd get that smell. And it was just because it, it was a cold night, you'd feel a cold, but then all of a sudden the heat of the furnace kicks in, the smell, the the music and, and playing the Christmas music. And that's just nostalgic there. And then looking at Christmas lights. And that's something I do to this day. I haven't the past couple of years because we've been so busy because we've had high schoolers. So, yeah. you know, but now that my granddaughter is, I mean, we're going around just driving down. She's like, Ooh, lights. So I'm like, Oh, goody, this is going to be fun this year. And yep. so we want to get the tradition again of taking, and my son wants to take her out too. He's, he's just as huge of a Christmas fanatic as I am. And he wants to get her looking at lights too. So that's just great. looking at Christmas lights, that's, that's another one of my fond memories. I, I've got a bunch of them. I can't really narrow it down to one. We love to drive and look at the Christmas lights. And, you know, today it snowed and my, my son put on a Christmas t-shirt and he was like, all right, let's listen to Christmas music today. <laughs> so of course I had to. Yeah. Well, it, it was, was such, a, such such a rough drop just to try to put the Christmas music on. I mean, so it just goes against everything you believe in, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I get any more sarcasm into that comment? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll edit some more sarcasm. <laughs> I think there's a button for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. There you go. That's right. <laughs> well, well, Sean, thanks for coming down from the frozen north there. And... Well, I'm not too far north of you, but... Okay. <laughs> well, Wisconsin, that's that's north, isn't it? True. <laughs> Compared to where I are, yeah, we're north, but Okay. I, I didn't do so well in geography. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> thanks thanks for stopping by. And uh, I love your podcast. It's great to hear what everyone's doing and um uh, getting to know some of the other podcasters too. So, yeah. uh appreciate it. No, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for your, your wonderful comments. And, and this has been fun. I, I love talking with, with everybody and this has been great. Thanks for having me. You bet. So uh, before I go, I do want to leave you with a Christmas poem by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Paul Lawrence Dunbar was born in 1872 and he was one of the first African-American poets to gain national recognition. His parents, Joshua and Matilda Murphy Dunbar, were freed slaves from Kentucky. And uh, that's a little bit about his life, a very interesting person. If you don't know anything about him, I'd encourage you to check out his work. Um, he's written some very beautiful poems. Here's his poem called Christmas in the Heart. The snow lies deep upon the ground, and winter's brightness all around decks bravely out the forest sear with jewels of the brave old year the coasting crowd upon the hill with some new spirit seems to thrill and all the temple bells a chime ring out the glee of christmas time in happy homes the brown oak bow vies with the red gemmed holly in happy homes the brown oak bough vies with the red gemmed holly now and here and there, like pearls, there show the berries of the mistletoe. A sprig upon the chandelier says to the maidens, Come not here! Even the pauper of the earth some kindly gift has cheered to mirth. Within his chamber, dim and cold, there sits a grasping miser old, 
He has no thought save one of gain, to grind and gather and grasp and drain. A peal of bells, a merry shout, assail his ear. He gazes out upon a world to him all gray and snarls, why this is Christmas day. No, man of ice, for shame, for shame, for Christmas day is no mere name. No, not for you this ringing cheer, this festal season of the year, and not for you the chime of bells from holy temple rolls and swells. In day and deed he has no part, who holds not Christmas in his heart. And that was Christmas in the Heart by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. I really like that poem. It, it was very, it was a very beautiful little poem. I thought I would share that with you today. And so that's all we have for today. Be kind to each other and share your stories. And remember that there is nothing in the world more irresistibly contagious than laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.